Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen when they're taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Meridian. That would be weird. Meridian. Uh, I mean, well, would it really be weird? No, because Meridian's a big enough city that you would think, you know, you could have a coffee place like that, but that would be a good spot. But Bruidian Bruidian actually works. It's a good name, I think. Yeah, works for me. You can put it right there by uh, Wildman. Wildman Wildman's. No, I want to put it put it next to what is it? The 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 big motorcycle dealership that's there? The Harley Davidson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is it Wildman's or Wildman's? Yeah, it's Wildman's. I thought it was, thought it was Weedman's. Is it Weedman's? Oh, great. Let us know. Let us oh, know. Oh, great. Let Here us we know. go. We don't know. Let us know. Here we go again. Well, wherever you live in our great state, you can get Strange Brew Coffee delivered to your house. Every, or you can have it every single morning. Just get it shipped to your home. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Whatever kind of coffee machine's on the front counter, they got you covered at StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. We're getting closer and closer to the start of baseball season. You need new gear for that. The M over S gear. Pullovers and T-shirts all available at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Startville's newest and newest. Newest? I, I slipped back not, into a humble taco read there. I slipped back into old habits. Restaurant Tyler, Startville's flagship restaurant over on the corner of Maine and Washington. The best lunch in town. And just, to me, it's not really even close. If you say who has the best blue plate in town, I will say Tyler 10 times out of 10. Um, I just, I just, I just am a huge fan of it. But then for dinner, you know, if we're going to go somewhere nice and I want to stay in the city of Starkville, I mean, I'm, I'm going Tyler almost 10 times out of 10. I just, I just, that's just the way that it is. It's the best in town and it has been since day one, since the day they opened their doors. Restaurant Tyler, give them a look when next time you want to eat out here in Starkville. The search is over. I was with you all the while. All right. All right. I'll breathe. A little survivor there for you. We can all breathe now. And I tell you what, I couldn't be more pleased that I did what I said I was going to do, Robbie. And I took myself out of the, the sources business because ain't nobody going to tell me about Kevin Barbank. Until no. Ross Dellinger told us, is it is it Barbay? By the way, is it Barbay? Kevin Barbay. Kevin. Kevin Barbay. Barbay. Baby. That's right. Oh, <laughs> Adam Cole Barbay. You watched? No, that? Uh, you watched no. Let's. I have not watched it yet. 
but I saw I peeked on Twitter. It's somebody there. somebody posted something on Twitter. Ah, I'm Twitter. excited. Um, um, but no, like uh, let, let's just go with Barbe. We will go with Barbe until we are given notice to go with something else. The offensive coordinator from Appalachian State is headed to Starkville. And for the second time in three years, there's going to be a bit of a transitional phase here. And I, I don't know how much of a transition. Phase. I think it's it's not as difficult to go from heavy pass to heavy run as it was the other way around. I, I don't think that. But it's going to look different for Mississippi State next year. This is a guy who is he's very balanced, and if he does skew one way, he skews kind of towards the running game. But his offenses have been effective, and they score touchdowns. And at the end of the day, that's really all you want. Just, you know... Your your thought your initial thoughts on the addition of Kevin Barbe to Zach Arnett's staff. Well, first of all, you said it. I mean, a lot of freaking out and names thrown around that weren't really in the mix, and just a lot. I mean, a lot of hand wringing for for nothing, in my opinion. And that's we we tried to prepare people mm-hmm. last week by saying, guys, this nobody knows what's going on. This is obviously a very tight lip search. It's not like the other assistant coaches. This is very tight-lipped. A lot of the names that you see thrown out are are not real candidates. Um, a lot of people freaking out and, and waiting on every word or just wasting their time. And that's exactly how it played out. I mean, I, that didn't stop us from continuing to try to find information, but it just was not there to be had. Right. There was just not information on this. That's just where it was. So you and I both took the approach. Let's just sit back. You know, we'll, we'll, We will look for information if we can. And you and I both try to do that, but there just wasn't there. But we weren't going to freak out until a hire was made right. one way or the other. And I think what you saw was Arnett really keeping this tight within his circle of people. And I think this was probably um, in the works the last couple of days, last few days, especially since the uh, coaching convention. And – he did a pretty thorough job here. He knew that he had to get the right guy, the right fit for what he wants to do. Can't just go out there, rush a hire, go hire somebody that, that's going to be a bad fit. I think ultimately this is a really good fit for Mississippi State's culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel differently than a lot of people that are kind of freaking out today about the change of scheme. I think this fits a lot of what Mississippi State already has on campus. I, I, you know, out, I outside of a pure tight end, I think Mississippi State has pieces in place that they can run this offense. I've seen a lot of people talking about, well, you know, the off- this offensive line was built, was recruited for the air raid. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. These, these guys are perfectly capable of running a zone read or, or uh, a, a run a run heavy offense. All these guys played in those offenses in high school. Mm-hmm. This isn't. These guys didn't come from air raid high schools or air raid junior colleges, right? Well, Percy Lewis thing, is not an air raid guy. The thing to consider is offensive linemen love to run block. That's, yes, that's they what they want to do. Pass blocking is hard. Run Are blocking tell- is easy. I'm not saying it's not it's not easy to move Aaron Donald out of the hole, but it is it's it's just easier just to go and push forward than it is to, you know, be out there on that island by yourself in, in pass protection. So I think Mississippi State's offensive linemen should be pleased that they're going to see a scheme that has more, more running potential. And also, Robbie, these what we've learned today is Mississippi State fans are like my wife. They don't want solutions. They just want a gripe. Yeah. They, well, they, we, we you know, saw they have that. a problem. 
I was like, they have a problem. It's, you know, and they're like, well, you know, we should be running the football more. We got to need to run the football more. All right, we're going to hire this coach who runs the football more. Well, we don't need to get away from the passing game the way we have. It it can't just be happiness that I gave you a solution. It's got to be, I didn't want a solution. I just wanted to be angry. That's all. I mean, what what do we, like, what do we talk, what would have satisfied some of these people? You didn't want the air raid. You, you didn't want the air raid, okay? So now we're going to a little more balanced attack. No, we don't want that either because they run the football too much. So what are we, what are we talking about here? I mean, I think everybody, most everybody, was on board for Kendall Browles, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. So you got a guy that's a um, an up and coming coach. He's been successful now at a couple of different spots as an offensive coordinator. Obviously, you know Appalachian State has hired some really good coaches over the years that have had some really good offenses. Mm-hmm. So if I'm pulling from a place that's, you know, lower level, that's a good spot to pull from. And he's had success there. So you look at his offense and I already had some people when I compared the two offenses. Well, you know, at, look at Appalachian State schedule. They didn't play the teams Mississippi State played against. You know, Mississippi State, you know, running the football, that that's – you know, I put out that stat about how they run the football yes. 20 or more times. Yes. Okay, well, let's break that down a little bit and who they're doing that against or who they're not running the ball against. They didn't run the football 20-plus 20 20 times against East Tennessee, Bowling Green, these schools that are not any good, Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it against Kentucky. Arkansas. That's not a good defense. But Kentucky, which is a solid defense. But it's not like, you know, State was just not having success because those teams were – not get, we're good on defense, right? Mississippi State was not committing to to be more balanced. So you have a guy now. It's proven that Mississippi State is a better offense when they're more balanced. You have a guy now that is more balanced, and his offense was more explosive than Mississippi State. The passing game was more explosive than Mississippi State when they did pass the football, and some people were shooting it down. I just don't understand it. I, I can understand taking a wait and see approach. But saying this is not going to work, some people saying this season is going to be a disaster. It's it's just ridiculous. I just don't get it. And, and you're that, also acting like Mississippi State's offense the last three years was a juggernaut. That's true too. The other thing I like when I when I look at the stats for for App State this past year, Chase Bryce, our starting quarterback, seventy one rushes for hundred and seventeen yards. That that means there's a good bit of sacks in there, right? So it's not like this is an offense that's predicated around a quarterback needing to run the ball. 15, 20 times a game. In other words, it's going to fit what real Will Rogers can do as a quarterback. I, I I just don't I don't know what Mississippi State fans want either at this point, other than just to be angry. So this, we, we, this we, offense, this offense, if you're going to be making a switch mm-hmm. to a different a different scheme, you're not doing the air raid. This is one of the better offenses from a fit standpoint. What Mississippi State has on the offense on on the offense now that you could have. Yeah, I think Will Rogers fits this offense really well. They're not going to ask him to run the read option or anything like that. And on top of that, you're taking off a lot of responsibility from him. Think about the responsibility he had at Mississippi State the last three years in an offense that puts more responsibility on a quarterback than just about any other offense. Mike Leach put a ton on his quarterbacks because he wanted them to be able to be out there and kind of be their own eyes and ears and things like that. So you're taking away a lot of that responsibility that he had within the offense, and a lot of criticism that he drew was 
based on decisions he had to make and having so much on him. You're taking a lot of that away now because you're putting more on the running game. You're putting more on the offensive scheme as a whole instead of just the quarterback. So you've got to be excited about that, that your quarterback who right now you want Will Rogers, if you, if you aren't going to be able to go out there and get a surefire starter out of the portal, you want Will Rogers to, to uh, have his strengths brought out here in this offense because it's him and Chris Parson is all you got right now. Looking at the, uh, the running stats for this team, for App State, they had four guys with 76 or more carries. Now, I think that'll end up being you know a little different at Mississippi State. I think you'll see – I don't know if you'll get four guys with that many carries. I think you might see Marks and, and Price getting the majority of them, and then we'll see what you get from Pittman. You know, Davis, we'll just have to wait and see. My first thought when I saw who was hired was, I bet Dylan Johnson wishes he could get a do-over because this yeah. is an offense that's going to run the football. Uh, they ran the ball very effectively last year at App State, 204 yards per game, uh, 27 rushing touchdowns. But then we go back to that word balance, you know, and, and balance in the true sense of the word. 2,900 yards passing for Chase Bryce with 27 touchdowns, only six picks. Really good year for Chase Bryce, who uh, you might remember was a transfer from, uh, I think he's done twice. He's gone from Clemson to Duke to App State. So good season for him. They 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 do they spread the ball around. You know, again, looking at rece- receptions last year, uh, leading receiver Deshaun Davis had 37 catches. Then you have 33, 27, 25, 24. So they didn't obviously didn't pass the ball at the same volume at Mississippi State, but they did a good job of spreading the ball around to their playmakers. The other thing I like about this guy is that you know he uses a lot of different formations, and I feel like he's the kind of guy who can get a person like Tulu Griffin involved in more ways than just just passing him the football, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, is key. That's, that's your best playmaker. Well, I, I just feel like the air raid was a lot of, you know, just these people are fitting right here and they're going to do what the offense says that they do. And I feel like a lot of offensive coordinators now, and I think that Barbet is one of them, is about getting the best players the ball. And it's not so much about, you know, who's open in space. This guy's going to be right here. He's going to take all the reps right here. It's about getting the best players that you can the ball. And I I think that I said this earlier on the board, I feel like everybody is rushing to conclusions on Barbe by looking at his stats and looking how things uh, play out. If you dig a little deeper into the stats and you see it game by game and you watch Mm. what he, what he did offensively game by game, you see a, coach that takes what a defense gives them they might pass the football they pass the football I think in one game maybe as North Carolina like 50 something times Mm -hmm. so it's not going to be an offense it's just going to come out and they say okay we have to run the football 30 times today yeah it's not what they're going to do I think they're going to do whatever the defense says they need to do and uh, I think the same is justified with you know who gets the ball I think you're going to see Tula Griffin probably in the slot I think you're going to see a lot of jet sweeps. I think you're going to see a lot of motion plays for him. Maybe uh, you know, some schemed up plays just to just to get him the ball specifically. And we didn't see that a lot with Mississippi State the last three years. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a different looking offense, but it's not going to be what people think. I think um, it's going to be uh, just on the surface. Just looking at the stats isn't going to really tell you the story of Barbe, and I don't think just looking at what he did last year at Appalachian State is going to do it either. So I think you have to dig a little deeper, and it's going to be interesting too because he's got a little different personnel at Mississippi State than he does at App State. 
So it, that offense might look completely different. I think what you'll see with a lot of young coordinators is they are not tied to one specific. Agreed, state. agreed. This is a, a generation of coaches that they take a little bit of everything from different offenses and implement it in what they do. So mm-hmm. the label of an air raid coach, a you know zone read coach, or something like that, it, that no longer really exists with this this group of coaches. That was something that that was in the past with Mike Leach and and guys like that. How mummy those those guys were tied to the air raid offense. That's not really what you see anymore. You, you'll see some air raid concepts with Barbay. You'll see some a little bit of uh, of air raid with him. So it's not you're not going to be tied to one specific scheme. I think he will be a guy that understands what he has and needs to run things a certain way built around the offense that he has right now. I'm just looking at these stats here like you were talking about. I mean, against North Carolina, they ran the ball 43 times. It doesn't have passing attempts, but they had 25 completions in that game. But then the next week, or a few weeks later, you know, they play Texas State. They only have 21 rushes, but they threw it. They completed 40 passes. The week after that, they ran it 64 times against Georgia State and only caught or only had seven passing attempts. So, I mean, you're absolutely correct. He is going to take what he gets from the defense, which is what successful offensive coordinators do. It's what Dan Mullen did. Dan Mullen did the same thing. Dan Mullen patterned his offense each and every year. It's called a game plan. Exactly. That's that's what you're going to see with Barbe too. I think look, the the book remains out on what he's going to what he's going to do at Mississippi State. But I think that you can rest assured that he's not going to try to fit a square square peg in a round hole like Joe Moorhead did at Mississippi State. I think you're going to see a coordinator that understands what he has and understands what he needs to do to be successful. We know tight ends need to come from the portal. We need. We know another quarterback needs to come from the portal. Do you see State still pursuing another running back? That's a good question. I think that's those are questions that we'll see probably answered in the next day. I think you will see pretty early what Mississippi State intends to do with this offensive staff. Because you'll start seeing offers go out. Because you got, I mean, you got to hurry now on some of these players. So you know, a quarterback. I, I have to think they're gonna they're gonna go get a quarterback. I mean, you would think they, they need a backup if nothing else. I mean, you don't they, need they have to three, get one guy. Yeah, you don't need two scholarship quarterbacks. Right. The running back situation is a little better for Mississippi State because they have yeah what, four guys, four scholarship players. And Seth Davis is is on campus now. Yeah. So uh is if he's been an early enrollee straight, from the JUCO? Uh, I'm not positive. He should be. Yeah, you would think. Do do you push for Walker White? Maybe. I mean, he's gonna have plenty of options, but Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know the answer. It's still that. gonna be difficult to get a like bona fide guy to come in here. Because I just I feel like I think Will Rogers is going to scare a lot of people away. Third year starter, even with a new coordinator and a new system, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult to find a guy that that wants to come in here. Unless it's a, unless Walker White just says, you know what, you know I might not win it this year, but I can be right on his heels and I can be the starter next year because he's just a what redshirt freshman, I think. Let me see here. Uh... I think he'll be a redshirt. He must not be looking at the same person. Are you talking about Walker Howard? 
Walker Howard. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, well, Walker White is a recruit. I was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, yes, that's. What I'm I think about. Walker Howard has probably already got a destination in mind. But I mean, that being said, state state reached out to him. He has some Mississippi State connections, family wise. So I mean, you got to at least give him a call. So we'll see. Yeah, I was. I had Walker White on the brain because you were thinking I, of Walter White. No, I was thinking of Walker White because I I had just seen a tweet about him like 30 minutes ago. You have to. He cook just got him. offered by someone. Yeah, but uh, I heard I heard that. Um, that I was so the, confused uh, for a second Walker there. Howard. I was like, "This is a good looking prospect. He's got a crystal ball to Ole Miss, though. What's going on?" No, I, I'm thinking Walker Howard. Yeah. but I I've heard that TCU is the one to watch for him. But yeah. You know, you never know if you, you don't ever know. You, offer them. you don't ever know. So, uh, what do you think the timeline is on finishing up the staff offensively? Because it it, it seems like a lot of what you talked about is probably going to happen. Looks like Jason Washington's going to stay on board, and then Tony Hughes will move to offense. From a from a recruiting standpoint, you've never been stronger on that side of the ball. Washington, oh, Bumpus, friend, and Hughes. That's 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 recruiting. There. Yeah. Yeah, that Something it's that obvious by the end of the week, you would think. Yeah, the, my main my main question is is the running backs. I, yeah, it, it looks like things are trending well with Jason Washington, and I, I would just I would stick with him. I mean, you don't have another unless you have another guy lined up that you feel like is going to be a stronger recruiter than Jason Washington. He does a he does a pretty good job as the running backs coach, just based on one season, but. Didn't see, didn't have any complaints about the running backs this year. So I don't really see an issue with keeping him on. I don't, I don't see a reason to go get anybody else unless you absolutely have somebody else lined up that's a better, you feel like it's a better recruiter. Yeah. So I, I, I would keep it like this. Uh, Tony Hughes has coached tight ends before. That's not going to be an issue with him. And honestly, that's a position that you don't have. That's usually where you have some of your stronger recruiters. Yeah, I agree. That's not a position that's too terribly difficult um, to to scheme up or anything like that. So agreed. So that search is done, and so it appears is the athletic director search. It does appear that Zach Selman has uh, has uh, taken uh, taken the uh, the reins of that job. That's not made official yet, obviously, as we were, as we're recording. My 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 very educated guess is that by the time you listen to this podcast, it will be official. Um, should be should be official, I think, by the end of could possibly Thursday. you could possibly see Robbie and I uh, having to wear slacks on Friday for a press conference. So we'll see. I hope not. I, 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 I will not be wearing slacks. I will be wearing. You jeans. will wear slacks, and you will show some some damn respect. I will not. Will not wear slacks. I wear slacks for press conferences. If, for, wow. for for opening uh, introductory press conferences, I wear slacks. Okay. I'm just saying. I, I think a good pair of blue jeans, the ones that I don't have holes in. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly how, which fine. pair is that? Look, my wife picked these jeans out. She wants you to look like a country and, music star. And they're all they all have holes in them. She wants you to like look you, like you uh, spent you spent money on jeans that are torn. What's that guy's name? Can't think of his name. Luke Bryan. Oh God! Don't you, don't you ever, don't you ever compare me to that man again? <laughs> so, anyway, Zach Selman, uh, likely to he be says the, he says Washin Warshin, Warshin, Warshin. Okay, well, you know, whatever. As in, it's infuriating. I mean, it I, 
I don't listen to his music. It's not an issue. For I don't me. want to hear anything about Rob Hadaway talking about how I say Reese's. That is weird, but regardless. What, uh, is it is it Reese's that, that Reese's. upsets him? It's that, Reese's. Well, that's what I, used to say. I say no, Reese's. You say Reese's. I said Reese's. No, I, I, let me tell you. I mean, it might have been one day where I said no, Reese's. No, 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 no. Me, okay, we're going to have to have this discussion now. I see. It's fine. I'm not angry. I want to I start off with, I'm coming at you from a place of friendship. Well, first of all, you said Bolivar on here I one time, Bolivar. I believe. I, I admit my mistakes. You have, for the whole time we've been doing podcasts together, said Reese's Pieces. Reese's. Reese's, Reese's Pieces. It's not Reese's. It's Reese's. Well, how many times have I have I talked well, about at least Reese's five. Pieces? At least five there that the, the we have talked about. We get candy questions You're keeping up? I'm not keeping up. I'm saying it's at least five. I dis I disagree. Well, I'm just saying for future reference. I know we have a lot of people that like to well actually. So I'm going to force somebody right now to go back and go back listen to every single show <laughs> just to make their life more difficult. And I don't. I won't care. Here's if they the thing, wrong. though: what you've just done, somebody will do it. There yes. is somebody out there who's like, "Oh, I'll prove him wrong." And that's what I'm saying. If you prove me wrong, I'm fine. I just made your life miserable for, for no, no, no. They're like be made happier because they got to prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove him but wrong. I, I don't care enough. No, you don't. But somebody else does. There is somebody out there. They care to prove us wrong, but they listen to every second of this show. That's all I care about. Show. I don't. Yeah, you <laughs> prove me wrong every me wrong every day. I don't care as long as you get as long as I get that click. Anyway, Zach Selman, clickbait. I, I talked about it. <laughs> I talked about it yesterday. I'll talk about it again. Going back to when John Cohen left Mississippi State, I said, I feel like the the, the path forward should be new blood, new, new, new ideas, outside perspectives. I am fully on board with this hire. I think this was the hire to make. Um and and you know, I'm not concerned with the lack of AD experience. You want to know why? Because state's last four athletic directors didn't have AD experience when they were hired. Templeton, that hap- it happens all the time. Templeton, Byrne, Strickland, Cohen. Cohen. All right, let's let's just have this discussion. Cohen was the damn baseball coach, and was made the <laughs> athletic director. Right? At least this guy is is actually in athletic administration. Well, the problem is some people will say exactly when you say that about Cohen. Strickland wasn't but- an AD. This guy, this guy's resume is better than Strickland's was when he got hired. Yeah, I mean, I look, I, I have no issue with the hire myself. No. I I have no issue with it. I mean, it's it's definitely a a little bit of a risk and a, a wait and see type situation. But I think you know, from the outside looking in, and you see the reaction from the Oklahoma people. That's what I've been watch, watching the most is. I, I want to see what the fan base where the person worked thinks about the person leaving. Um, and I think the I think the reaction, the overwhelming reaction that I've seen from their fans is we'll see you again down the road. Yeah. They believe yeah. he'll be their next AD. They they believe so yes, that he will come. He's gonna he this is kind of like his appearance in double A baseball is how they're gonna look at it, you know, and that's fine if you're an Oklahoma fan. I under, I get it. Uh, but they, they, this is like an, an internship almost. Come in, understand how it feels to sit in the big chair, and then when their current athletic director, who they love, uh, retires, it'll be time to come back, come back home. And that will coincide in all likelihood with Rhett Hobart's time to come home to Mississippi State. 
So it'll all work out. There you go. Oh, do you want me? Do you want me to respond on that? Well, if you can, if you have a response, <laughs> this is a podcast where you and I share uh, information. Yeah, go ahead and talk. Well, sometimes I don't know if you're like asking a question, if you're just ending. A sen- I don't know. Here's what I would tell uh, you: if I stop talking, go. Oh, okay. Uh, well, sometimes we interrupt each other, so I don't want to do that. Um, no, but you're exactly when do we interrupt right. each other. <laughs> Every show. Um. This is the this is one of those things that I feel like is probably going to be every a, show. Probably so. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop, stop that. I'll stop. Um, this is one of those things that I feel like is probably going to be a short term engagement. This is a five year deal. Yeah, I, I don't see Zach Selman being Mississippi State's AD for ten years. That's I just fine. don't. I think if he's if he's really good, he's going somewhere else. Yeah. If he's not very good, then Mississippi State's probably going to move on and get somebody else. That's that just, ain't no problem. But that's the nature that of college no athletics. That's yes. the nature of college yes. athletics. If he's really good, then you've you've kept your athletic department in good shape. Yeah. He goes on somewhere else, and you are you're in an athletic department that is intriguing to someone else, and whether yeah. it be Red Hobart or whoever, uh, someone is going to to want to um, take over. There's no loyalty right. in, in college athletics anymore. Unless you just take what you can get. Alabama. Ohio State, the top, top-tier jobs. Every job can be a stepping stone. I mean, he's not doing a great job. Florida's athletic department right now, not great. But if Scott Strickland was offered the Ohio State job, he'd go. He'd take that job. Yep. Even Florida is a bit of a stepping stone. So don't don't let those things worry you. I talked to uh, some people last night about Zach Selman, and they said from a fundraising standpoint, he is a guy who will dive headfirst into getting money, not only into the university's uh, hands, but in NIL hands. He will push the Bulldog initiative for Mississippi State. Um, and he is a guy who is passionate about fans, about their their experiences, which, you know, for me was always Scott Strickland's strongest point, that he was, a, I thought he was very passionate about fan experience. Uh, I thought that's what, you know, that's what Red Hobart's one of his things as well, looking at looking ahead to the future or what we had just, what he just left. So that these are all every everything he that that I've heard about Zach Selman kind of kind of ticks the boxes for what I was looking for in Mississippi State's new athletic director. Now, are there going to be some? Are there are there some some red flags or negatives? Yeah, I don't like that he hasn't worked at a school like Mississippi State. I, I don't like him. He's worked at North Carolina and Oklahoma. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it's it is a different animal here when you're talking about smaller schools, smaller budgets. You know, it's, yeah, it's, and, and also it's easier for someone in Oklahoma to raise money. Absolutely, just by default. Uh, so that that is something to watch. But you know, this is a guy that has been inside college athletics for a long time. His his family obviously is is very ingrained inside uh, Oklahoma and, and college athletics itself. So you know he he's been around enough people, and also. Mark Keenum has been around enough people in, inside this business to know what he's getting into as well. I, I think if Mark Keenum was concerned about him, he would have just hired Jared Banco because yes. Banco has the, um, and that would have yeah. been a fine hire. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would, I'm okay with both of them. They're both different in in their own respects. Like I said yesterday, both of them. Uh, come from different backgrounds, and one of them has no experience as an AD. But 
Mark Keenum has chosen to go with the young up-and-coming guy, go away from the Mississippi State way and, and try something different, and we'll see how that goes. We will see. All right, let's move on into a, a little quick basketball preview. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. I'm cooking beef this weekend, Robbie. I went to uh, TBT, the butcher shop here on, uh, on University Drive, and picked up a tri-tip today. Very, very excited for that. I love tri-tip. Can't wait to cook it. Beef this weekend, it's going to be cold outside, so either fire up the grill or break out the Dutch oven and make yourself a big pot of chili, big pot of spaghetti, big pot of uh, of taco soup or beef stew. All of these are great options. Your family will love them, and they all center around beef. Our Mississippi beef farmers always appreciate it when you head out to the grocery store and buy beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern Soul Food. Whenever you are in Starkville, Two Brothers always has my highest recommendation. The food's great. The people are great. The location is great. It's just right there off of campus. What more can you ask for? I mean, you can ask for smoked wings. I would definitely ask for smoked wings while I was there. I would I would make a point to get smoked wings. Other than that, though, the menu is yours. Order whatever you like, but get smoked wings, too. You know, just 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 for the table. You you, you won't regret it. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products, great service, something that every business likes to offer you. Vantage Business Systems will deliver it to you. 48 years of doing that, taking care of their customers. You don't want to miss out on what Advantage Business Systems can offer your business. And that's great technology at great prices and backed up with great service. <laughs> kind of service you get when you're your neighbor and not a number. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I said I mentioned it earlier. We're getting close to the first pitch. Go and get a new jacket, a new fleece quarter zip pullover. You need it. The Rogue has it. M over S logos, great-looking polos, great-looking quarter zips, and they're name brands you can trust, and it's The Rogue. That's another name brand that you can trust. 30% off select styles right now. Shop at the Rogue and Jackson. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Robbie, we can sit here and preview this basketball game all you like, but the bottom line is this. If you're going to be as poor shooting the, the basketball, especially off the free throw line, as this Mississippi State team has been these past few weeks, it really doesn't matter what you and I, I say. We haven't had a chance to talk about your thoughts of, of last night. All right, I guess we're recording. It's last night's game, but that is an absolutely brutal loss because of the way that you lost it. Do we have to talk about this? <laughs> we can we go back to the offensive coordinator. No, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do it. the The way that that game played out, it was first of all just an awful game, um, just a really difficult game to watch. Yeah. But the way that it played out, and you miss 15 free throws, I think, mm -hmm. seven for 22. That's correct, yeah. Lose the ball game by six. Is that right? Eight. Eight. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't an eight-point game. That, was, that got stretched right, out right, a little right, bit down, right. The, right. Down, the, down the stretch. But State had plenty of opportunities to, to win that ball game and stretch out the lead in the first and second half and just didn't take advantage. And it wasn't just the, um, the, the free throws. Mississippi State just cannot make shots. Mississippi State, for the, for the season, in SEC play, is 45 out of 111 on the free throw line. 
41%. Robbie, that's not even really a great shooting percentage from the field. Right. I mean, that that's like middle of the pack. And that's their free throw percentage. That that it, that is that's awful. I don't know what the SEC record is for the lowest free throw percentage in the season, but state's gonna get it at this rate. No questions. And I mean, you know, a lot of people blaming coaching. I mean, I guess you can, but like he's come out and said, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I'm I'm trying everything under the sun. I do not know what else to do here. It's it's not working. And it's I don't know if it's in their head, if they're just they they have bad form. I, I tend to believe it's probably a head thing because this is what happens a lot of times when you're struggling with free throws. You kind of get caught up in it and you start thinking about it too much. I think that's what's going on with Tolu Smith. And it becomes a thing where you're overthinking the shot. Mm. And free throw is all about repetition. It's all about being in your being in your zone from the free throw line. That's why you see guys have a certain routine that they go through, dribbling the ball three times, patting their chest or whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. It's it's a routine thing, and this team is just completely out of it right now from the free throw line, and it's costing them games. It didn't cost them the game against Tennessee. They got destroyed in that game, but right. I think it it helped them lose the ball game to Alabama. Well, I mean, I they missed they missed the game against Georgia. They missed enough free throws to win by seven against Alabama, and they yeah. missed enough free throws to win by seven against uh, Georgia. And I'm not expecting 100 percent, obviously, and nobody should do that. But seventy percent is not a ridiculous ask for free throw percentage. What surprises me so much, you know, big guys totally. I mean, three of eleven is not acceptable, but big guys they struggle on the free throw line. They're just not sh- shooters from out that far. They never have been. The fact that the guards are this bad at free throw shooting as well is incredible to me. Yeah, I, it's something I, I I don't watch a ton of basketball. But I watch enough that I I know that this is not normal. That there's something beyond, like you just said, there's something beyond just coaching or whatever, however you want to put it, happening here. Um, yeah. There's there's some sort of mental bugaboo that has struck this team and made it impossible for them to shoot free throws. So they got to get that figured out. This is a good Auburn team that they're playing this weekend. Uh, Thirteen and three on the season. They're three and one in the conference. Their one loss is to Georgia in Athens. Um, that was not a good loss for Mississippi State last night. When you you look at you know Georgia's net rankings, they were down in the hundreds uh, prior to last night. Let me see. Mississippi State is down to fifty in the net rankings, which that's a seven point drop from the previous uh, uh, one. Auburn currently in the net rankings is thirtieth. So this would be a win that would bump bump you back up into those forties. The forties is where State needs to be. They need to be in the forties, but this is what I said on the podcast. I won't count State out of any games. They could find a way to win because defensively they're so good. But you can't pick them to win a lot of games either because you just can't trust them offensively. And you have to, you have to ask you basically have to ask yourself every night with State would 55 points win. If they get yeah. a, if they if if the opposing team gets above 55, it's it's danger zone for Mississippi State. And that's not a good spot to be in. That's a terrible spot to be in. It's it's very difficult to, you know, have a team that's scoring under 60 points and winning games in, in this day and age. Last night was like a 1956 
Mississippi State basketball game. Yeah. You know, like that, that, those kind of games don't happen as often where you're, you're in the 40s late in the ball game. But that's where Mississippi State has to be to win games at this point. I mean, they yeah. didn't, they weren't great on the offensive side of the ball against Ole Miss. No. And they won that game by 10, I think. Yeah. Because, so, because they found a team worse at shooting the basketball than them. So wins are wins are going to be really hard to come by with this team this year. Is it, in reality, Robbie, Georgia was worse at shooting. Georgia shot just as poorly as State did. The difference was Georgia made eighty percent of their free throws. Yeah, Mississippi State made thirty percent of their free throws. That's that's the the legit only difference in the game. Yeah, so it's really hard to believe that we're talking about free throw shooting as the biggest issue for a basketball team. But that's that's where this team is right now. I won't predict them to win this game. But they can win this game. They can. They they can win this game because Auburn hasn't this year. Auburn hasn't been what they were last year. No, uh, I think that they're. I think it's a team that is still really talented, but they're not really hitting their stride right now. I mean, look look what they did to Georgia last week. Yeah, they so, lost. I mean, State yeah. had a better showing. Somehow had a better showing mm-hmm. at Georgia than Auburn did. So, but it's a it's a much more difficult place to play against more talented players. Mm-hmm. That's why you really needed to get that game against Georgia because it was going to be difficult for you to win both of those ball games, and it was going to be more difficult to win at Auburn than it was at, at Georgia. And every win at this point is just critical for Mississippi State. So it's going to be hard. it's going to be tough. I brought this up yesterday, but I'll say it again. The other stat that stood out to me from the Georgia game was. State forcing 18 turnovers and only getting 12 points off those turnovers. I mean, a turnover should almost always be a bucket the other way, but if it's not, you still expect to get, I mean, from 18 turnovers, I would easily expect 24 to 30 points. All that tells me is that State, they can't even get up, they can't get up the floor quickly for whatever reason. They're, they're not pushing it down the court. They can't get open looks. They can't get easy buckets. I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. Everything about this team is difficult. So, the, I mean, they legitimately could, in March, make it to the NCAA tournament. They could. But if they do, it's going to have been the most blood-soaked process we've ever been a part of. Every game is a fight, and it's just, can they win those fights? So, Auburn is going to be a tougher one. Next week, getting both games at home, maybe you have an opportunity to get back on the positive side. But a win here would be great for Mississippi State. It would push them right back into the 40s in the net and get them on, on the right track again in terms of being on that NCAA tournament bubble. We shall see. All right, we'll see if we have any official news on Barbe and uh, Selman by this time tomorrow. And then you know, we'll see if we have any press conferences to attend. Uh, beyond that, we'll see what happens. Still got a couple of assistant coaching spots to, to look at. Transfer portal still working. So there we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Plus, uh, we pushed it back a day because of all this news, but we will recap the uh, preseason media poll and look and see who, who the winners and losers were. From that. Guys, have a great weekend. Robbie, know I'll be back with you uh, Sunday evening. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.